Thank you for listening to Voices of UMass Med, a podcast produced by the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Office of Communications. Welcome to the Voices of UMass Med. The future of healthcare, the future of medical education, big challenges exist alongside big opportunities for improvement. Dr. Daryl Kirch is entering his final month as the president and CEO of the Association of American Medical Colleges. Since 2006, he has guided the premier not-for-profit association that represents all LCME-accredited medical schools in the U.S. and Canada, as well as hundreds of teaching hospitals, health systems, and 80 academic societies. A psychiatrist and neuroscientist by training and a longtime leader in academic medicine, Dr. Kirch has thought deeply about the need for transformation in America's healthcare system. On June 2, 2019, he received an honorary degree from the University of Massachusetts Medical School and also delivered the commencement address to the classes of 2019. Here now is Dr. Kirch's commencement address. I, uh, I'm truly honored and, and very grateful to the trustees, uh, the chancellor, the dean, uh, for this, this special privilege. Uh, I'm actually stepping out of my uh, role at the AMC in mid-July uh, after having the opportunity to attend many commencements, uh, but this has got to be the ultimate one for me. I'm also uh, just really humbled that so many of you took your day today to come here just to hear me speak. It's, uh, I know exactly why you're here, and I know that I'm standing between you and the main event, but you were kind enough to, to offer me a chance to share a few thoughts, and I'd like to. So. Uh, it was four decades ago that, that I sat where you sat, graduating from professional school. Uh, but there are memories. I'm, I'm really struck by it. I sit up here, and I have memories of that time uh, that are as vivid today uh, as if they happened yesterday. Uh, and I think you'll find the same experience happening to you. I know my colleagues up here uh, on the stage, I'm sure, are picking back to some of their own vividly well-preserved memories. So uh, one for me was getting the white coat. So for the med students, you, you did a white coat ceremony. Uh, we were just told to go to the bookstore and buy a white coat. There, that was the ceremony. And I remember standing in front of the mirror, uh, and it was the right size, but it just didn't feel right. And I, I'm sure some of you experienced the same thing. You sort of felt like a bit of an imposter putting that coat on. But the reality is that whatever coat you end up wearing, lab coat, uh, uh, medical coat, short, long, whatever coat uh, you don, it becomes real because of a series of really incredible gifts. So uh, one of those gifts occurred for me during the first year of anatomy. And I can still remember the first day walking into the anatomy lab and the smell of the formalin hit me. And I really wondered, was I, was I going to be able to do this? Was I tough enough, durable enough? Uh, I did get through it, 
But what I realized was lying before us was somebody who had given their body in death so that I could learn about life. How many people receive a gift that extraordinary? I can remember the first time I was allowed to go in and see a patient alone, unchaperoned. And uh, it was at the Denver VA hospital. I can still see the man, clearly. I walked in and did the proper thing. I introduced myself and uh, said I was the medical student who had helped care for him. And this look of concern swept, <laughs> swept across his face. And, and I know full well that, that he had good reason to be concerned about my inexperience. But I also think he was concerned for another reason. Um, was anybody going to hear his story? Or was I just going to be one of a series of people coming in and out of the room, not really getting to know who he was? It turned out his story was that just like my father, he was one of those Americans who fought across Europe in the Battle of the Bulge. And suddenly, this man who looked so weak and so frail and so ill became real. His story was that he was part of that greatest generation. Uh, every time you take the time to get the gift of the story from a patient, it can have an enormous impact. Uh, a very special gift was finally getting the opportunity to deliver a baby. I, for some reason, it seemed like everybody had gotten to do deliveries except me. And I was wondering, you know, when it would be my turn. And finally, one day, the attending said, okay, uh, you know what to do. We'd like, like to have you deliver this, this infant. And uh, the mother did her job, and I did my job and delivered this wonderful uh, newborn into my hands and the attending uh, leaned over and I thought he was going to say something like, my son, today you are truly a physician. <laughs> <clears throat> what he actually said was, uh, I really wish you wouldn't hold the baby quite so tightly. <laughs> I relaxed my grip. The baby looked a lot more comfortable. Uh, and I realized I'd just been given another special gift. This young couple had never met me before that day, and they had allowed me to participate in what was one of the most intimate and precious moments of their lives. How many people get gifts like that? You've given each other uh, a gift. I know you formed camaraderie in your graduate programs and in your learning communities. Uh, those memories are gifts that will endure and they can nourish you uh, as you move forward through sometimes that will be quite challenging. You know, I, uh, I really envy you. You are entering a world of healthcare in which our nation has, without question, the best science, we have the best trained health professionals, we have the best diagnostic technology, the best treatment 
of treatments available. People come from all over the world seeking those things. It's, it's very exciting to be moving into that world for all of you. But I think I'd do us all a disservice if I didn't point to one thing where we're not the best. You know, we have a system, uh, or uh, some people would say we, the problem is we don't have a system. We have a healthcare delivery machine that sometimes breaks down. That's despite the fact that this year we're going to spend per person $11,500 on health care, almost $4 trillion. And yet, uh, when you look at indices like life expectancy, infant mortality, obesity rates, the list goes on, we fall far below other developed nations uh, that are spending uh, significantly less on their health care. Uh, we're long overdue on creating a system that works better for everybody. I mean, uh, the Affordable Care Act was mentioned. It was important because it brought more people in from the uninsured cold. But there are still too, far too many Americans who have no health insurance. There are people in this room who either don't have health insurance or you worry uh, about the burden because uh, that will be placed on you directly. And then on top of it all, the baby boomers are aging. We're projecting shortages across the board in the health professions. We will need all hands on deck. We will need all of us working at the top of our license. So I realize that you could sit there and say, you know, I, I didn't work this hard to get this degree to be concerned with politics. Aren't these just political issues? And I would submit that for us, they're ethical issues. You know, the beauty of clinical ethics, I, I loved it. It was, it was the simplest thing in medical school because you only had to remember four things. Beneficence, always trying to do good for the patient. Always avoiding harm. Autonomy, respecting the patient's autonomy. It's their decision, it's their body. And the fourth one is striving for justice in healthcare. We don't have a just healthcare system. We have some people who get all the healthcare they want, arguably some who get even more than they should get, and then others who don't get any care until they're so sick that they roll into the emergency room on a gurney. That is not a just system, and we can do better than that. So the gift I'd like you to give it The gift I'd like you to give is to work with me, all of us on the stage, everybody, to work to make this system fairer and better for all Americans, to get rid of this unevenness, these injustices. I've learned enough about you. I've been stalking you on the web. And I've learned enough about the kinds of things you've done, the work in the free clinics, your engagement with schools and communities, the refugee assistance program. You understand 
this issue of social justice in healthcare as well as anyone. And so I think if you give the gift of making a commitment to work with all of us on this, we will get where we need to be. You will face a lot of challenges as you move forward, and I just want to uh, ask one last thing of you. A lot of people talk about burnout in physicians, nurses, uh, medical scientists. Uh, you see a lot written about the stress uh, leading to people being emotionally exhausted, becoming cynical. Uh, burnout is, is a real issue. Uh, you know, to care for others is human. And we have to understand our limits. Uh, as a case in point, as a first year medical student, uh, I was burned out after the first six months and it wasn't getting any better. In fact, I was uh, seriously contemplating leaving medical school. Somebody gave me a gift, one of the deans recognized that I was struggling, helped me get the treatment that I needed because I'd gotten into a significant depression. And now I can stand here today because of that gift. And he helped me keep my career on track. So it's important for us all to know our limits, to, to take note when we see our colleagues struggling, and to reach out and support each other. So, I know that nobody remembers who their commencement speaker was, but I do hope that you lock those gifts you've been given, those, the memories of those gifts, solidly in your brain. They will be very sustaining uh, for you as we move forward on what really will be the ultimate goal, a just healthcare system for all. Thank you. You have been listening to the 2019 Commencement Address by Dr. Daryl Kirch, the outgoing President and CEO of the Association of American Medical Colleges. Best wishes to Dr. Kirch as he embarks on his retirement and, we hope, more time fly fishing. We'd like to extend a warm thank you to our listeners and all of our guests in Season 1 of Voices of UMass Med. We hope you'll share your favorite episodes with your friends and on social media. We'll be back in August with Season 2. I'm Jennifer Berryman, Vice Chancellor for Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Thank you for listening to Voices of UMass Med, a podcast produced by the Office of Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Visit our website at umassmed.edu news where you can find all of our podcasts. And follow us on Facebook at UMass Med, on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School, and on Twitter at UMass Medical. Mm -hmm.